Hello, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of Today on the show, we have a businessman who cleans business, Mr. Will Salgado from California. Let's go ahead and welcome him to the show. Hey, Will, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. How How is it um, on this awesome, sunny Monday in Santa Claus County? <laughs> it's nice and sunny. It's It's hot. You know, it's uh, July, and I don't know how hot. I think it was gonna, it was ninety something degrees today. I don't know, but it's it's been a hot day. I'm sweating. Yeah, same here. I was out, you know, working and just started sweating a lot. So tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a beautiful day. That's for sure. I'm glad to be alive. Blessed, blessed, always blessed, and highly favored. Amen. 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 So um, I wanted to welcome you on the show and I, I'm really, I was looking forward to this moment because I was following you on social media for a while and I was really interested in how you were just marketing yourself and your business. And so this is actually an aha moment in my career because I was following you. Don't worry, I was not being a stalker. <laughs> I actually was following you because I was looking up to you in so many different ways. And I was like, oh, I want to be like this guy. I want to be like him right here. I want to be able to just network myself and just put myself out there. And once I went to that marketing event, conversation about content just was a total game changer. So fast forward to now, um, I saw a podcast series and I'm glad to have you on the show. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I've I'm glad you went to conversations about content. Uh, my good friend Billy Anderson uh, is the founder of it, um, and I know I sent you the link, or somehow you got the link. And unfortunately, I couldn't be there that day. But I know that uh, the speakers and the information that was provided there was outstanding and definitely um, resourceful, and I'll yeah. provided a lot of insight. So, and thank you for thank you for the compliments. I I, look, I, <laughs> I, I, I actually look up to you. Um, and everything you're doing. So, um. well, thank you so much. Yeah, I have been following you for a long time. I never thought that this moment would come. And so now it's funny because it like happened. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. That was on my bucket list <laughs> to be on Will's podcast. And then now you're on mine. It's kind of like, whoa. <laughs> so, um, go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself and the people that are listening, um, how you got started in the industry and. I'll, tell, I'll let you take it from here. Okay, thank you. So I'm an attorney. I'm a California licensed attorney. I've been practicing law uh, for about six years now. Uh, I practice family law, which includes your divorces and custody, visitation, battles over children, um, child support, uh, step-parent adoptions. And I also do uh, cr criminal defense work. And I, the cases I primarily deal with are uh, driving under the influence of alcohol, a domestic battery, fights, um, some fraud cases, a little bit of everything when it comes to criminal defense. And I also do bankruptcies, um, chapter seven bankruptcies, the simpler ones. Uh, I work on those all the time. And so I became an attorney in 2014, paralegal for about eight to 10 years, I believe. I want to say eight, uh, working for various attorneys uh, that did criminal defense and family law and some bankruptcy. And that's where I get my experience from. I just didn't go into it cold turkey. I actually had, uh, knew the paperwork and had worked with attorneys who uh, did that area. So I was very uh, versed and very comfortable in jumping right in once I passed the bar exam. 
Um, before that, I was a park ranger for several years, about five, six years for the Army Corps of Engineers. I really enjoyed that. That was oh, a nice. wonderful career. So I, I, I miss that aspect. I'm, I'm very out, uh, well-rounded. I, I consider myself well-rounded. So I have a little bit of uh, outdoor nature-istic aspects of me. You know, like I like camping. I like mountain biking. I just went and bought earlier today um, uh, a mountain bike rack and it's like i'm so excited over it because i've been wanting to do this for a long time because i used to actually do patrol on mountain bikes so um, it's, it seems like i'm getting back into it i want to connect back to nature as i'm getting older um let's see i, I also am the vice president of a uh, nursery uh here in town uh, in, in oakdale that i'm trying to uh, keep alive but we'll see how that comes out nice that's well, pretty much me in a nutshell <laughs> What keeps you going? Because I know you have the law part of it, and I know it can be challenging at times. So tell me what you're going and how do you stay mentally focused and like all this? Okay. Um, Well, it's really your mindset. I think that for me, what keeps me grounded is my faith. Uh, You know, I think I'm, 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 I believe in, in God and I believe uh, that, that has a lot of impact on me. Uh, it keeps me positive. I mean, it's not, it's not easy. It's not an easy road, you know, just yeah. it's, it's, yeah. you have to work at being positive. It's not something that you're just going to wake up in the morning and say, Hey, I'm going to be a positive person today. You know, it takes, it takes a lot of effort. And for me, I meditate for me. I like to read devotionals and really have some time alone with myself um, and to connect mm-hmm. with myself and sort of the universe, the universe and God, uh, and on a daily basis, sort of to become uh, centered or to what I call realign myself to who, to my, to who I am, you know, be true to myself. As long as I'm true to myself, uh, as long as I'm keeping the faith in me alive, everything else seems to fall in place. But again, you know, it takes work. It's not something you just you're going to, it's going to happen overnight. It's, this is years of, um, you know, controlling my thoughts and controlling my emotions and doing the best I can to keep, maintain that positive outlook, uh, and that blessed outlook, even in difficult times, just uh, like now. And so it's, it's challenging. It's not, it's not easy. Um, anybody who's telling that makes it seem like this, you know, we're killing it. We're doing great. I mean, that's, true in some respects but there's a lot of sacrifice a lot of tears a lot of bloodshed not literally yeah. maybe some cases but <laughs> um you know yeah <laughs> you have to uh, uh you have to work uh, towards being that positive person definitely i can agree with you on that <laughs> it's never easy you know being that strong individual trying to hustle and you know run a business and do especially casework I mean I can relate to that in so many different ways and I know it can just be very exhausting but you have to kind of take a step back and work on yourself so then you can just wake up every day and just recharge yourself you know oh, and that reminds me I have work for you my private investigator <laughs> I'm gonna send you some <laughs> stuff later on don't let me forget <laughs> okay so um, what has been your biggest challenge uh, doing this type of work, like law or any in this industry? Like what has been a, um, one of your biggest challenges or something that boundaries. you want to share with you? Setting boundaries is probably <laughs> the biggest thing. I think, well, that overall in my life, I've had issues setting boundaries. I've always, I grew up in um, not really, 
what's the word I'm looking for? It seemed like I didn't learn how to establish boundaries at a very uh, young age, possibly because my parents weren't around much when I was a kid. And yeah. so as I got older, you know, I, I tended to pick and hang out with um, people who uh, were not the best for me. And so mm-hmm. I had a hard time saying no at times or disconnecting myself and giving, allowing for that space to maintain my sanity and peace. And so uh, as I became an attorney, I obviously I, I did it because I want to help people. I want mm-hmm. to, I know as cliche as it may sound, I wanted to make a difference in people's lives by protecting their rights, um, you know, helping them reach their potential uh, through the court system, whatever it may be, whether they want to be the best parent, you know, get them more custody and visitation, whether they want to change their lives and get away from the life of crime. I'm not saying my clients are criminals, but, you know, a lot of them do want to get away from it. It's particularly the kids, since yeah. I represent juvenile um, uh, kids that have, are in the part of the system, um, you know, that's really where I can make a difference and talk to the kids and say, hey, you know, don't be a knucklehead. I was you at one point, you know, and and, and, and I, I know the path that you want to take and you could take yeah. the path that I took and be where I am now or you can end up in jail or, you know, killed uh, like some of my other friends, you know, who didn't make it. So um, that's where I like to the reason why I became an attorney, but having, going back to your question, um, you know, I, I, I like to help people. And so a lot of the time people try to cross boundaries, you know, for example, they try to undercut your payment system or they want you to do thir- certain things legally that are beyond the scope of what you're supposed to do. And that was the hardest part saying, no, I'm not, this is what my scope is. This is what I was hired to do. Um, I'm not going to cut corners. I'm not going to, um, I do what you want me to do. And so uh, that was the most challenging aspect of it. Once, once I'm able, I was able to build that thick skin and basically say, this is what's going to happen and we're not going to deviate from it. You know, my life's been a lot better. And, then, and that's, nice. yeah, that's in all aspects of life. I mean, relationships, friendships and, um, and professionally. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you actually just came to the realization about the boundaries. Like at least you actually recognize that and say, you know, hey, I need to set boundaries and I struggle with this. Have you ever read the book Boundaries, by the way? Yes, I have. I actually oh, have it. It's such- on my it's on one of my bookshelves. Nice. Yeah. I read that book a few years back and it's I, I struggle with the same thing. I had a hard time telling people no and I didn't have obviously the best upbringing. So I do struggle with that too. And honestly, that book's such a game changer. I mean, I read it and I was like, wow, like you're going to have people that don't like you when you start setting those boundaries, but it's for your own good. Oh yeah. And I'm glad you realized that that's amazing. Yeah. They'll, you know, they'll put your, they'll taint your name if, if they can. It's, it's interesting once how people react to, to your boundaries, uh, but you know, it's, yeah. they're in place to protect oneself. So I'm glad you read the yeah. book. Yeah, it's, it's a good book. I, I remember when I was reading it, it kind of, it's, you know, it's sort of abstract, like boundaries, like what does it even mean? And, uh, but it, it, when you actually, um, put it into motion when you're actually uh, applying what you learned through that book, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. You actually realize like, wait a minute, this person's crossing my boundary and this is how we're going to stop it. Yeah. And you, yeah. you actually see the, it feels weird at first, but then once you real, once you realize it's for the best, 
and for yourself, then it's it, it feels great and it's very empowering. You get and having boundaries eliminates that victim mentality that plagues yeah. so many of us. I think that's yeah. probably one of the biggest culprits of motiv- kill, uh, motivation killers yes. and killers of self discipline and everything else. Because you got you get that victim mentality, you got that guilt bothering you and you're not it's just it's, it impedes your ability to succeed and move forward and be the your best self amen to that i love you you hit it spot on i mean i had i'm after i read that book i i felt the same way i was just like man this is gonna be once i started you know implementing you know setting those boundary lines i had family members i had really close friends that were really mad at me for setting boundaries but what I realized is they were not on the same path as me. And I just trusted God. And I said, you know, what? if they don't understand me and where my future is and where I'm headed, then they're going to need to go in their lane. And I'm going to just need to keep moving forward and just stay focused. And it's been a very big challenge. I feel like I've lost some friends because I've done that. And I just feel that, you know, their mindset's just not in the same place that mine is. And, you know, at times you just have to kind of own it and just be like, hey, they're on a different path. You can love from a distance, but if they don't want to change or understand you, then they're probably not for you or for your future. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we grow and evolve as we mature. I'm not going to say as we grow older, because that just because you're growing older doesn't mean you're maturing. <laughs> but <laughs> and as, as you outgrow certain people and you become more mature about, you know, your, the views of life and, you know, you start to see, OK, this person doesn't serve me anymore. You know, we can be friends from a distance, maybe limit the time, the contact that you have with those individuals. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. For a businessman who means business, <laughs> what advice can you give to other businessmen who may be struggling? Um, can you share some pointers to any men out there or women women that want to maybe get started in the area of law or, you know, get their career started that they might be struggling? What kind of pointers can you give to them? Well, sort of like a loaded question. So I'll, I'll kind of touch it broadly from different um, positions positions that they may find themselves in so for the student who wants to be an attorney um, you have to keep being disciplined keep at it Um, remember that um, it's going to take some time I mean the law school is three four years if you're going three years if it's full-time four years if it's part-time I don't even know how many schools offer part-time law school I'm sure they do Um, now with COVID-19 a lot of the schools are doing the online platform now and so that's going to take even more discipline for you really to uh, sit down, get your books together and really study the material so you know it. Um, the state bar is a bitch. It's a killer. You know, a lot of people don't pass it. That's uh, why I took it when it was a three day exam. It's two days now. I heard it's easier. I, I don't know. I haven't taken it. And I don't want to take it again. I don't plan on ever taking <laughs> it again. So, um, you know, that's you make sure that this is what you really want. If you can uh, intern at a law office and get an, get a taste of what it's like to be an attorney because not all uh, legal work is the same you know there's different areas of law if you want if you want to go into probate uh, or um what is it um, estate planning that's very different from a criminal defense attorney who's always in court and so you got to find your niche in the area of law that you enjoy the most i could never be an estate planning attorney i would go crazy being in an office writing up goils and trust all the time i mean 
and I probably hang myself with my tie. So, because uh, I, I love being in court, I love being in front of a judge. I love making arguments. It's um, I love the thrill of it. For those who are, um, I think, in a firm now who want to start off on their own. Uh, I think that you need to make that decision wisely, know your area of law very well, and set yourself up to where you're going to be able to um, afford the standard of living um, that you're going to be living when you first make the move because you're not obviously there's going to be a pay cut probably for a few months while you establish clientele and so you know don't live above your means try to cut down costs so that when you make the jump you don't have all these huge expenses like a bunch of car payments boat payments house payments you know minimize things so that when you make the jump to your own solo practice you have um the the the, the small number of clients that you begin to exp begin to uh, obtain are enough to keep you afloat for the first few months, maybe a few years, because it's not going to be automatic. I've been very blessed that um, I was able to get started right away from um, the bar exam, from passing the bar exam, and I just dove right in. And I, you know, I remember getting my first uh, retainer of eighteen hundred dollars, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool," you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> like I thought I was rolling right. cash, you know. It's like that was like a week's. Uh, uh, check you know working back if, back when i was working uh, as a nursery man a long time ago or kfc i mean I, I, and so um but luckily you know more clients came the checks got bigger mm -hmm. and then you know think i was able to uh, turn my office into a one-man show into uh, i think we have five people now so it's it's awesome it's it's a blessing and that's 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 the thing right now with covid you know if you if if the landscape is changing a bit um, if you're willing to, if you can afford a switch like that and are able to handle challenges and the uncertainty, go by all means do it. You know, it's it's a great time to do it, um, even though it seems like the world is falling apart with all the uh, all the political issues and the COVID-19 and uh, yeah. the climate's really negative right now. But if you can maintain that positivity and embrace the challenges and you can actually afford uh, to make that jump and do it. Why wait? Just do it. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. the kind of guy I am. But uh, Yeah, I would totally see you on your little post during COVID. You're like at the courthouse with your mask on like, hey, and you were making so much fun out of this time where I, I mean, a lot of people were just they're, they're in the unknown and it was kind of freaky for some people. Right. But I would see you and you were actually pretty motivating to myself included. Um, and I would see your posts and stuff and you were just like, you, I mean, there was nothing going to get to you. Like, even though COVID was happening, you were like, no, I'm going to make this happen because I need to keep going. I can't let anything bring me down. And I love that about you. That was just so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. This just that thing again, keeping that positive, um, mentality and keeping that the, the mentality, mm -hmm. the mindset of abundance. You know, there's plenty of work out there. There's yeah. plenty of money to be made. We're not, don't live in uh, the, a frame of uh, what is it, lack or scarcity, scarcity. And you want to yeah. have that mindset that there's plenty to go around. There's money, there's business. And it's just, you got to go out yes. there and get it. Go out there and network. That's the other aspect I was going to say. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're if you're an attorney who so the third level of person that I'm, I'd like to reach to is the one the attorney who's out there already with their 
own practice, wanting to expand, go and network. I mean, things have changed now. It's probably one of the sad parts that sometimes I get depressed about. Um, but, you know, it is what it is because we still have, mm-hmm. thank God, we have the Internet. We can still connect um, and all these social platforms. But you know, the networking was amazing. I remember meeting, going to the um, business chambers, um, yeah. the networking events like you went to with the conversation about content. And so all those uh, events that provide wonderful resources and connects you with other people who may not be in your same industry but have some tools that can help you out you know my friends yeah. um, my my best friends you know one of them owns um go fresh and you know they're or restaurants and so they're not in the legal world but they give they're the ones that you know i saw what they were doing as far as their marketing and their branding uh, on social media i thought i'm gonna adapt that to my own practice to my own field of work uh, because it's, I see that it works. You know, I do goofy yeah. stuff on my social media. You know, I'm not all business. I'm not in a suit and tie, you know, talking about, you know, today we're going to talk about how to protect yourself from A, B, C, D, E. Like I do that too, but at the same time, you know, I'll throw in a joke here and there, or, you know, post my small vacation, you know, a little bit crazy mm-hmm. with my crazy side. And so, you know, it, it keeps things entertaining. People see who I am instead of just being like, hey, well, that's just that lawyer. No, there's more to just <laughs> that lawyer. There's me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I agree with what you said about the whole branding and marketing and networking yourself. When I first started in Stanislaus County, I networked myself to almost every attorney in Modesto. I would inbox them, message them, link them, LinkedIn them, <laughs> Facebook, whatever I could get to them. I would even go and, you know, obviously go to people's office or attorney's offices and just introduce myself. And I started to get to know a lot of the attorneys and people in Modesto. And that's where I kind of networked myself. And it's all about word of mouth too. So once you start doing work for other people, I mean, a lot of attorneys in the Stanislaus County area know who I am now. I get a lot of work and I will tell you, it does have a big, huge part for me to have my own podcast series. I mean, my business has never been this good. Um, it was because of me branding myself and just marketing myself and just doing the podcast series and just a lot of different things. And I came out on a magazine. I mean, just a lot. And people now, a lot of people know my name based off of me just doing all that marketing and networking. Um, some people are not fans of it. Like in my industry, a lot, some people just don't like to market or network themselves. And I respect that because, you know, some people don't like it because of a security issue. Obviously, they want to protect themselves. And But at the end of the day, if you need more business, there's so many different social media platforms. And most of the time, the people that you're looking to network to or network like market to, they're probably going to be on social media. So um, obviously that's a great out, you know, um, great avenue for business. If you're looking to get more business, definitely hit up social media and make posts. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact me. I, I have a lot of contacts in regards to that too, and people that can help you out and guide you in the right path. Yeah, that's uh, it. it, it. You could do so much with social media. It's just mm-hmm. uh, the sky's the limit. You, you could even now with TikTok. I don't even mess with TikTok. I thought about it, but <laughs> between Facebook and Instagram, I'm all tapped out. And you know, I was gonna hire someone to help me out with the um, with the social media part of it. Um, I still might, but I kind of I like I enjoy doing it. I cre- I like doing my own content. I just gotta. Mm-hmm.
on certain days and we're going to build content together. He's going to do some videos. Um, as you know, I'm also doing YouTube videos. I haven't done any in a, in a bit because I've been so overwhelmed when the courts reopened. Yeah. All the, uh, mm-hmm. all the cases that uh, were moved or continued because there was no court or, you know, coming up on, in a, on top of the people who are now hiring for divorces, domestic violence, mm-hmm. uh, cases like restraining orders. And so I'm just, I'm, you know, swamped right now. I haven't had a chance to really be able to breathe and do some YouTube videos. I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking about doing one tonight on adoptions because I, I worked on a case and I thought, you know what, I should do a video on step parent, step parent adoptions because, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of wonderful stepdads and stepmothers out there who would love to adopt yeah. uh, their stepchildren. And, you know, maybe if I could provide some information yeah. on that, that'd be good insight. That's awesome. So, um, onto that topic, tell me about a case that's really touched you and made you realize like, this is why I do what I do. Do you have something you have on the top of your head or maybe a few I, cases? I do have a case, uh, a certain County. Um, I'm, I'll call it my civil justice reform case or my civil rights reform case. It's, uh, uh, there was a certain County. I can't mention it, um, but there was a certain County uh, that was, um, taking away or terminating the rights of my clients. So um, there was a, a a girl who had a baby at a hospital. Um, while she was having the baby, they found that the girl or the mom was high on drugs. You know, she was a meth addict. So the Child Protective Services um, took the baby away from the mom from since birth, essentially. And they placed this infant... Um, with foster parents, um, the agency did not notify or follow the proper procedures uh, to notify the uh, grandparents of this baby, of the infant, that, you know, if they didn't take action, immediate action to claim the baby so that because they have preferential placement under the under mm-hmm. the code, under the, under the law, so that they would be able to have. Uh, care and custody and control over this infant above um, above the foster parents. So they uh, the county didn't follow those guidelines. So the the way that the law the system is set up for um, child dependency cases is that for, especially for infants they want a permanent plan for the children because their well being their mental health is so crucial in the first few years of life that they want to have that child be placed in a permanent, safe, stable home. They don't want these, this kid going in and out of court, um, you know, battling whether mom's going to come, you know, fix herself and go to rehab and, and become sober. Eventually it's, it's too traumatic and it can cause uh, irreparable damage to a child's, you know, mental health and well-being and development. Yeah. And so Definitely. the, after, I think it was about a year or two years, the foster parents, try to adopt adopt this child and so i was able to show that the county had failed had failed to provide the proper notice and follow the procedure according to the law and the judge said this to to, to the agency how is it that you've not been providing these notices you're in violation of the law and so the county had to cps had to essentially change the way they provided notification and, 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 and their standard operating procedures because of my case. And that was something I found, you know, it was kind of like, 
you know, I mean, I, I went through the check. My clients were the grandparents who were going to lose um, rights to to that to the infant. Oh. So the mom, unfortunately, never fixed herself. And so sad case. Yeah. So uh, and I thought that was a that was a win because it, it's it's a definitely a win because it's, you know, who knows how many children were lost to the system because, you know, the family members were not notified correctly yeah. about yeah. their rights to claim these children, you know, and then the children get adopted and they lose their connection to family so that was that's one case um i had another case that i i love because we went i was it was in front of a jury and um it was a child abuse case where the police basically took the word of the little boy that mom had spanked her or him in the face and he had a beauty mark underneath his eye and i've talked just about this case in another podcast with ty wogan a criminal defense attorney and the police didn't even ask the mom, like, give her her side of the story. They just took the kids. I mean, he was 10 years old or eight at the time. Took the kids' statement at face value, arrested the mom, like, treated her like she was just this big felon perpetrator. She's never been in trouble in her life. Yeah. She's a sweet lady. She was so confused. She was so confused. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, we go to trial. Um, we ended up getting an acquittal on all counts. Oh. Because I was just able to show that the bruise that the police thought was a bruise was actually just a beauty mark. It was yeah. never a bruise. And then the video went because a lot of police now wear body cameras. Yeah. Um, and it showed that the kid, when they asked him, where did your mom hit you? He was, he didn't even know where to point. He was pointing at both eyes. Um, and then the police is like, Oh, was it this one here? And it shows where the beauty mark is. Well, yeah, it's a beauty mark. It does, it doesn't even look like a bruise. It's just, it's like a red marking. So, you know, so it, it was just, it's one of those things where sometimes, you know, the police make mistakes and, you know, you have to check them. You have to check them, especially now. I'm not, they're feeling the heat now. Yeah. You know, definitely yeah. feeling the heat now. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah. Well, so those are, those are two that come to mind. There's many others. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing those stories. Those are pretty life touching. And I'm a moment a few times, a few other times in for all of us, but. So I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, how can people get you if they have questions or they need some services? Um, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, the best way to get a hold of me is by calling the office. If you want to do have a consultation with me, you call the office at 209-300-7825. You can also email me at Wilbur at SalgadoLawOffice.com. And that's Wilbur with an E, not a U. It's Wilbur with an E, so W-I-L-B-E-R at SalgadoLawOffice.com. And Salgado is spelled S-A-L-G-A-D-O. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, which is Will period Salgado period ESQ. Or you could just follow, look up me up on Facebook, which is Will Salgado. And that's Will with one L. And it's all confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, kind of, kind of, yeah. Like, I did like W I L. I'm like, wait, Will Burt. Oh, it's Will. Got it. Yeah. It's not, it's not Williams. So there's not two L's. It's just one L because it's Wilbur, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's been a great and thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your industry and giving people some pointers until next time. Thanks a lot. No problem.
Take care. Bye. Thanks, Will. Okay.